This is the Kowabui Show. Kowabui is an author, international speaker, and entrepreneur. He started his first business selling music CDs in high school at the age of 16. He then went on and built several businesses. He is the founder of River Design, a marketing company that helps businesses get more exposure online and offline. He has appeared on TV, radio, newspaper, and magazines from around the world. He has written and published several books and created various products. Kowabui is also an international speaker, corporate trainer, and speaks on topics of business, entrepreneurship, motivation, health, marketing, online business. You could check out his blog site at www.koa-bui.com. And now, your host, Mr. Koa Bui. Mr. Koa Bui. Hey, Yon, it's Koa here. Um, in this episode, I'll be interviewing Mr. Joel Runyon. Joel Runyon, he's an American blogger and author. He's also the founder of Impossible X, and um, he also is an ultra-marathon runner. He's always focusing on, on improving your mental toughness, and that's really led him to achieve these really impossible goals. And um, one thing I really enjoy about uh, Ro- Ro- about Joel is that he's he's all about goals and determination. So he has a goal, and he, achieve, he goes after he achieves it, and he's got this determination and drive to just pre- proceed through it. So what's really amazing about him is he's done all these crazy things in his life. He's, um, you know, he's challenged himself. He's he's he set up charities in overseas. He's, um, you know, he set up a blog site like about 10, 20, you know, 15 years ago, and he's got lots of traffic. And he lives off his blog and he travels. Um, so he's done really amazing things. And um, and in this interview, I really I only had 30 minutes to to talk to him. I only managed to book only 30 minutes, but. Um, so I was really fast-paced in terms of asking him questions, but uh, I managed to get quite a lot out of him, which is really great. Uh, so in this video, we're going to learn from Joel Runyon on how he has conquered the inner voice and overcome his fears and um, push through the, the, the phases of being uncomfortable. So um, we've got a lot to learn in, in this particular podcast, so um, hope you enjoy. Thanks. I saw like, um, yeah, the pictures that you're posting on your blog, like congratulations on your blog. You, you just, and, and I was reading some of the comments that you wrote. Um, you wrote, I think you started back in 2011, I think. Yeah, it's, I've had a blog for like almost 10 years. So it's, yeah. been, uh, it's been a while. Yeah, and, and I was reading, um, I think your first comment was 2011. And then this, this was when you're writing a long page about how to start a blog. And mm-hmm. your previous comment was 2019. Um, in August or something. So you're still looking after the people, your readership and everything. That's amazing. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, I started, yeah, I, I think the blog, like everything's kind of migrated to social media and like, uh, I still think it's really, really, really important for people to have their own, um, site to own their content. And so, Mm. um, that's something that I think is, uh, I think you're seeing people kind of move away for a little bit, but I think people are going to come back because they realize like, Facebook doesn't really give you that much reach. Like they say they're, they're gonna, like you got to pay to play, which is, you know, yeah. part of the game. So you should have a, a way to make money on it. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, people get shut down all the time. They get taken off social media and it's, yeah. it's tough to, uh, uh, it's tough to play that game and put all your eggs in someone else's basket. I think people need to own their content and then like have the hub, have the site be the main center point, have it be mm. the hub and then yeah. have everything else be, uh, like in addition to it. Yeah. Yeah. You're really smart, man. Like, um, yeah. So you started off the blog and like, you're doing all these amazing things, ultra marathons. I saw your, your Ted talk as well. The 30 day cold shower challenge. 
um, yeah, that's amazing. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of things I, I just really want to cover. So, um, so yeah, let's back like, up. We need like 20,000 more views for that to get to a million. So it's, it's right on the edge. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, like, what is it at 700K at the moment or 800? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's, it's nine, 970 or something like that. 970, so it's, yeah. It's, yeah. And it's, I think you're up there. Yeah, 2015 was it that you did it? Yeah, I, th I think 2013 or something 15? like that. I don't know exactly. That's at 980 right now, so we yeah, got a yeah, yeah. 20k left to go. Yeah, and you know what I did? I, I took a cold shower before I did this as well. So there you go. <laughs> there Very you cool. Go. <laughs> awesome. work. There you go. All right. So um, okay. So before I get into all the amazing things that you've done, like the goals, the um, uh, all the, the the challenges that you accomplished and everything, prior to all that, you used to you didn't have all this ambition or anything. Like you said, I think I was listening to, you know, your podcast and you were saying, you know, you weren't, you were really lazy. You, you, you weren't as ambitious. You were lying on the couch and then somehow you transitioned to all these type of things. Right. So could you, uh, yeah. So I would, I, I wouldn't qualify as lazy. It was more of, um, I didn't have direction. And so mm. I was being productive or ambitious. Um, but I, I would, I wouldn't even say I was lazy. It was just like, you, if you don't have anywhere you're going, you like, you just spend all your time flailing. And um, I think for a long time, I didn't really know what I wanted. And I didn't really have like an understanding that I could do more. So instead of trying to move towards something and like put in the work, uh, I, I kind of bought into this narrative about life that you were supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And that like, if you just go to school, then you get a job and then things just turn out and they're supposed to be done you know, however they're supposed to be done. Mm. And uh, when things stopped following that narrative, uh, then I had this whole period of questioning and trying to figure out what exactly uh, it meant for me to go mm. do my own thing if uh, this narrative that I've been fed wasn't actually working out the way I was thinking and hoping that would actually play out. Mm, okay, so some, but there was something that triggered it, right? Like, was it pain or was it just... You, it was like sitting at home in my parents' basement for yeah. and not being able to get a job. And like this, this whole, this whole narrative of like, if you just, you know, if you play it safe and you just do whatever it else tells you to do, mm. uh, you don't have to like, you'll have a job, you'll have a career, you'll get lined up, you just, you know, keep your head low. Don't worry. You know, don't poke mm. it out too much. And don't bother anyone. And yeah. you'll be fine. And, uh, turns out that didn't work out very well for me. And so when, uh, you know, basically had a ton of time to just kind of reflect on what that meant for me. And, and if, if that wasn't working for me, what could I potentially do on my own? Mm. Um, like what type of life would I actually have to live? And I, and for the first time in a long time, um, I started asking myself that question and then started kind of looking at what that would look like for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, um, okay. So then, you, you're in a way you're like pushed against the wall, you know, you're, you're like thinking, Oh, I've got to do something about my life. I've got to achieve something. And uh, you know, the future doesn't look too bright if I continue on this path. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's what, that, that, that's what happens for a lot of people is they, mm. it's really like things have to get kind of bad for you to be like, you know, decide you're going to change stuff because mm. changing is uncomfortable and difficult. And um, there's some quote about, nothing changes until the pain of uh, the pain of staying the same is, you know, more painful than the pain of changing. And so mm. uh, I think for me, it was just like realizing that this model that I was following was completely broken and yeah. uh, I was going to have to build my own model. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what was that first thing that you, you did that broke you out of it? Like, I think I'm assuming that it was one particular goal that you wanted to achieve. What was it? What was that thing that so got you out of it? Yeah, that was a, that was the triathlon. That was the indoor triathlon that I did. I had a mm. bunch of things on my list. I wanted to start a business, yeah. travel the world, uh, you know, do all these different things. And I had reasons why I couldn't do all of them, but I didn't have any mm. reasons why I couldn't go run an ultra mar- or run a, run a triathlon and like mm. go outside and put on my shoes and uh, get on my bike and ride around the block. And so I realized I was like, you've got all these quote unquote valid excuses for all these other things, yeah. but you've got no excuse for why you can't just get out and run around the block. And so mm. I did that first race and realized I could do it even though I had no experience in races, triathlons, family members, whatever. Mm. Uh, but when I did the first one, then I realized like, Oh, it's like you can actually do stuff that you don't, you don't know you can do. And then yeah. I started wondering what other things uh, do I think are impossible or really difficult, or maybe other people could do them, but not me. Yeah. And what if I actually went out and, and tried them? So, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, uh, one thing that uh, I love about you is that you know you're a goal-oriented person, but you really focus on the the mentality side of things. Um, like you, you seem to have some sort of thought process where if you have a fear or if you have some sort of thing that you're trying to accomplish, you you have some sort of thought process that overcomes this thing, right? So could you let us know, like, uh, how do you think when you're in these ultra marathons, when you're you know when you're going through all this pain, running up this hill? you're trying to do, you know, these laps and everything. What's your thought for process when that fear kicks in that little voice? Yeah. I mean, I, the, the reason I, I sign up for some of these things is because they are hard. Mm. And so when they become hard in the middle of it, it's not surprising. And a lot of people sign up for races or do events, but they, 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 they line up for things and they expect them to be easy. Mm. And then when they're not easy, they're like, Oh, all of a sudden they're a victim. They're like, oh, how'd this happen? This was just yeah. supposed to happen. And so I've told people over and over again, like expect things to be hard. Mm-hmm. Like expect things to be difficult uh, because when they are hard, uh, if you're doing something worthwhile, it's going to be sufficiently difficult. And if it is hard, then all of a sudden you can, like if it is hard, then you, <laughs> you, you're just not surprised. Like it's, yeah. when it becomes hard, you just say, hey, yeah, like I expected this. This is part of the plan. This is why I signed up for it. And so I always say that, you know, the interesting thing about ultra marathons is that they don't start until an ultra marathon is anything beyond a marathon. So technically Mm. an ultra marathon begins when a marathon ends. And so an ultra marathon doesn't start until most people have run the farthest that they've like that they'll ever run. Like a lot of people run marathons, but not a lot of people run farther than that. Yeah. A lot of people run a marathon and they'll say, wow, that was really hard. I'm never going to do that again. Mm. I said that to myself and ultra marathons start, uh, after that. So after everybody else has gone home, after you have these, you know, 20,000 people, uh, races and they run 26.2 miles, which is incredible, mm. but ultra marathons start after that. And so mm. it's, it starts at the point where everything is starting to be difficult. Everything is starting to be painful. And it's not surprising when things are hard because everybody's having a hard time out there. So, mm. um, I think, I think shifting the mentality to, instead of being like surprised that it's hard or difficult to like, knowing that it's hard or difficult and planning on it being hard or difficult and, and then embracing it anyways and, 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 and hanging on. And it makes it a lot easier when you expect something to be difficult mm-hmm. uh, when it is and you say, okay, I've been, I've been planning for it to be difficult. So yeah, um, it makes it a lot easier to execute on that. Yeah. And I think um, like 
what you just said there is is absolute key because you've figured out how to overcome that that mental challenge and you can apply that in all areas of your life like you know when you're starting a business or uh, when you're trying to build an empire all that mental toughness kicks in and uh, i think that's a that's a missing trait from people who think that you know they want to start a business but they can't you know they have all that fear and everything but you you seem to put yourself through all this these challenges and you train yourself prepare yourself for for the for the tough times ahead so that's amazing well i think i think i think i've called them uh, reference points in the past and it's this idea that your brain and your mind doesn't really understand what physical difficulty is anymore. A lot of people live comfortable enough lives that like we have a lot of difficult things, but mm. they're all like mental and they're all meant like they're not they're not real. Um, yeah. It's a lot of stress. It's a lot of like uh, uh, confusion. It's a lot of it's a lot of things in people's heads, but they're mm. not like a lot of people aren't doing hard physical labor for days. They're not running mm. ultra marathons all the time. So what's interesting about physical events is that you're you still have the same mental experience of something being difficult mm. and your mind is trying to prevent you from going beyond and hurting yourself. And so it's like, Oh, we should stop. We should come back. Like we should take it easy. Um, and your body's like, yeah, okay. We, sh we probably should cause we're hurting a little bit. Yeah. But if you actually do an override on that, uh, you can go farther than your body thought it could. And you can go farther than your mind thought you could. And what happens is if you do that enough times in the physical world, all of a sudden in the areas where you are in a mental space, in your business, in your personal habits and in other things in your life, you're able to take that same mentality. Uh, that same mentality is what I talked about in cold shower therapy. It's like mm. that, that same little voice that pops up when you're about to take a cold shower, you're able to recognize that voice as the voice in the cold shower, the voice before you're about to like, you know, ask for a raise, the mm. voice right before you know, like when you want to quit uh, in the middle of your ultra marathon, it's mm. the same voice. You just start to recognize it in different places. And so the mm. nice part about physical challenges is it teaches you to see that and to recognize that and to uh, pay attention to that uh, in other places. And it's not just this magically difficult thing mm. that is, you know, asking for a raise or getting a new job or, you know, uh, starting a business. Isn't this like, mentally stressful thing it's just it's it's stressful in the same way but you're able to recognize it a little bit better because you've you've trained yourself physically uh to see that mm. and i think you're, you're teaching this in your um your impossible uh course as well like uh when you're putting three people through challenges like how to recognize these these voices inside your head and, and how to push through it is that correct yeah we don't have any yeah. we don't have any courses but we got a couple uh we have fitness courses mm. um and uh, i'm working on some uh some some other larger things, but, uh, mm -hmm. uh, I have a email series and, uh, I write about it a lot and, uh, we're coming out with some bigger projects around that too. So, yeah. but yeah, the, it's, 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 it's one of the main tenants that we talk about. And yeah. uh, I think most people live really, you know, I don't want to say easy because it sounds demeaning, but, uh, very comfortable lives, mm -hmm. uh, physically, even if not, even if, even if, uh, you know, emotionally and mentally, uh, it can be chaotic. I think a lot of people, you know, live, pretty comfortable physical lives and you know where we are now versus like 100 years ago like you know everyone oh, yeah. like the homeless people down the street have a cell phone so like <laughs> yeah. uh you know people live like we have comfort i don't i don't necessarily think that means people's lives are easy mm. but uh uh it there, there's almost something that happens when you you're able to do physical things because it creates endorphins in your body and so doing hard things is actually 
like it's painful sometimes and it's difficult, but it's rewarding. And I think sometimes we get caught up in these doing just mental gymnastics about stuff mm. and you're getting all the stress that has to do is doing something physical, but you're not getting any of the actual like physical relief or endorphins from, mm. from doing those things. And so by forcing people off the couch and into like an adventure uh, challenge or a physical um, endurance piece, uh, they're able to actually push themselves much, much harder and, um, and, and have a, like, you know, a lot, a lot of times, you know, people form like their biggest friendships through doing something difficult together yeah. or their, their biggest memories are difficult challenges. So um, doing more and more of that is, is something that I think uh, a lot of people can benefit from. Mm, amazing. Awesome. Okay. So um, there's also another part of you that's really impressive. Like you're really good with the SEO stuff as well. You're you create an amazing blog. You've got readers all over the world. Um, you got, so much traffic going to your site. You've been doing it for over 10 years, but there was a period of time. I think you were working in a job and then you made the transition over to a full-time blogger. Could you um, share us a story and how, how you accomplished that? Because I know a lot of people who you work in nine to five and they want to quit the jobs and then they, you know, start a blog, but you, you managed to achieve that goal. So could you let us know how you did that? Yeah. I mean, like I, I blogged for two and a half years, maybe three years before mm -hmm. I just writing um, a day or just, yeah, like twice a week or something like that. But like, oh, wow. um, before I even, you know, I, I started my blog before I could get a job and then like use the blog <laughs> to kind of orient myself and try to figure out, okay, what's interesting to me and give myself goals. And then I was able to get a job, like immerse myself in that business, got a bunch of promotions, got recruited in another company, worked there for a little bit before I realized like it was much more corporate. And I was like, I can't do this. And uh, yeah, you know, a corporate uh, guy, man. <laughs> yeah. But after like, you know, like for two and a half years or so, I, I was just running the blog, like a blog. And, um, uh, I was just hustling. Like I was trying to figure out how to make myself as valuable to the companies, uh, that I was working for. I was trying to learn as much stuff because I didn't, I didn't know anything at the beginning. And, uh, um, I just, I just delved into like, Charlie, I'm not Eric, going yeah. out. I'm not going out. I'm not like hanging out on the weekends. Like I'm running yeah. races and I'm working and, yeah. Um, you know, at 23 or 24, 25, like that's what I was doing. And, uh, you know, even when I got a job, then I was running the blog on the side and then I was doing some consulting on the side. And so when I quit my job, I think I had about 1500 bucks a month in consulting income, um, which is not very much money, but it was enough that I was like, I think I could pay my bills in the Midwest and mm. like find <laughs> Russell something else up. Wow. And for me, it was one of those things where I sat down and I just, um, you know, I had a couple different things. I had impossible. I had this, uh, you know, this little, uh, foray into the paleo world in like 2011. Mm. Um, and I just started like working on these projects and it was just, uh, all I was doing. And I think a mm. lot of people say like, oh, I want to quit my job. And they're like, if I quit my job, then I'll have time to do this. And I just tell people like, if you think you like, if you think you don't have time now, you're not going to have time when you quit your job because, you get a lot more time, but all of a sudden you have to organize it yourself. And so if you really mm. want to try something, do it without quitting your job. And instead of watching TV or watching Netflix or yeah. uh, like messing around on the weekend, like take that time and put it towards working on your side hustle, flipping stuff on eBay, doing anything yeah. and see if you actually have the discipline or, or uh, desire to, to do it. And if you mm. do, like you should be able to make hundreds of dollars a month 
doing whatever you're trying to do. And if you mm. can't do that, then like maybe the business isn't there. Maybe you need to try another idea. But the, a lot of people say like, oh, I want to quit my job and do this. And it's like, mm. it's just a pipe dream for them to continue like fantasizing about not taking responsibility for what they want to do. And if you want to do it, like you could probably, you know, I think anyone can make a few hundred bucks on the side um, yeah. while they're at their job. If they're, you know, you have to sacrifice one hobby a week or you have to sacrifice, you know, I had a friend that did uh, like a different sports club every, you know, every single day of the week. And I was like, yeah. take two of those days, like sacrifice two of those things and uh, you know, spend it on building your business or side hustle. And then, you know, one of your weekend days and just work on stuff. And yeah. a lot of people don't even want to do that. And so they can't discipline themselves to do it. And so they don't end up doing, you know, I've had people, you know, quit their job and they're like, Oh, finally I can work on this project. Yeah. But they, they, they didn't make the discipline uh, to, to build something while they're at their job. Mm. And so then they quit their job and they're just floundering because they've got all the time in the world and they have no idea how to discipline themselves to actually get stuff done mm. or even they don't even know if they have traction and then all of a sudden their burn rate is going up in smoke and they've got to uh, make way more money than they, they would normally have to. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I kind of stair-stepped it and uh, a lot of people want to go, you know, zero to a hundred real quick. And uh, yeah. I think it took me two and a half, three years to, to get to the point where I had like a couple sources of income, yep. you know, it wasn't a lot, but it was also like I cut my living costs. I wasn't very, you know, I didn't have a very luxurious lifestyle and I just said, mm. this is what I want to do. And so I'm going to do it. Oh, wow. Okay. So, um, so you're building up your blog for about a couple of years and then you're making some income. So the income was, was consulting. Is that right? Consulting and were you doing affiliates and stuff like that? Or how did you make some, how did you make the Yeah. So, I mean, I had, I had some stuff from impossible. We mm. had a couple fitness programs. We had some stuff from, uh, this paleo business, which was an affiliate business. Mm. Um, and we've since built our, like our own SaaS piece on top of it um mm. but then i had some consulting as well and so that's kind of been the mix over the years uh, i do some consulting for startups uh uh both in chicago and mountain view and all over the place uh mm. and then i also uh, i have uh, a paleo nutrition keto meal planning company i have a mobility company and then we're launching a bunch of new products with impossible and so uh mm. both digital and physical coming up so a uh, it's been just kind of a stair-stepping thing of like, I, I keep finding areas that are interesting to in me or intriguing to in me and mm. figure out what's valuable, what, you know, what someone's interested in that would be helpful to them that would also pay for. Mm. And we build that and kind of scale up from there. That's awesome. Cool. Okay. So let's have a look at your, um, your daily routine. I'm just curious, what's your typical daily routine? <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my daily routine. I mean, my daily routine is kind of all over the place. I, the spot I and worry of going the, at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's uh, typically I do a, I do a thing called workstation popcorn, which is like. Um, workstation popcorn. It's a, okay. Yeah. It's a, it's a concept <laughs> I sort of made up. Uh, but the idea is uh, you take a series of tasks, you split into like two or three sections and then you bounce around town and you go to different coffee shops or locations throughout the day, kind of break things up and make sure that, I get really stagnant if I stay in one place all day. Mm. So uh, typically I'm up uh, not super early, but like seven or eight. Uh, and then I just try to get my most creative stuff done, like writing, um, planning, um, strategizing in the morning. Um, afternoons, I have some calls. And then like uh, like afternoons and evenings, I do uh, interviews. And then mm. I typically work out um, 
I don't want to say every single day, but I, I try to work out uh, like five out of seven days a week. And uh, I do those typically late at night. So um, it's just a good, like, uh, not, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's a good way for like me to like calm down and relax uh, mm. after a day. So I, a lot of people don't like working out at night. I think it's a good way for me to like you know, decompress a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I typically do that. Um, and then I try to work out as often as I can. Cause I noticed if I miss more than like two days in a row, I'll miss like a ton of days in a row. Yeah. And so, um, you know, so you're pretty I don't consistent, think most, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think most people have to work out seven days a week, but like I sort of have to, cause I'm either like a very much of an all or nothing type person. And, um, I'm not very good at the moderation thing. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Okay. How about, um, like some books that's influenced you, any, any books that you recommend to, to read and, and, you know, that's really impacted your life? Um, I feel like a lot of people say the same types of books. So mm -hmm. uh, the one that I usually say that's uh, a little bit different is a, it's called a million miles in a thousand years. Mm -hmm. And it's about, uh, it's about an author who wrote a best-selling memoir and was turning it into a movie. And he had to edit this memoir to mm -hmm. be more of a movie book, uh, a movie script than a book. Yep. And, uh, Basically, he talks about how that process forced him to re-examine uh, how he looked at his life. And if his life was a story or if his life was a movie, would it be a good – if his life was a story, would it be a good story? Hmm. And uh, I think it's a really good uh, – I think it's a really good perspective shift for a lot of people who maybe feel stuck, feel like they don't have control over things or things aren't going how they want. Um, it's a good way for them to kind of put themselves back in the driver's seat and realize that they can – uh, they can impact and write the story of their life uh, mm. in, in a way that feels good to them. Yeah. Okay. Well, who, uh, who was the author of that book? Billy Miles. Um, it's by, it's by Donald Miller. Donald Miller. Okay. Cool. Check that one out. Donald Miller. Okay. And uh, let's have a look at the um, man. You, you're doing a lot of traveling. You travel all over the world. All the, all, it's just, you know, you live in a pipe dream, man. <laughs> everyone, everyone wants to travel. How did you fund this travel when you're first starting out? Or was it just from, from your job and, and it was just your blog? I'm assuming it was just all from your, you know, from your side hustles and your ventures and stuff. Yeah. And then. Eventually... Yeah. I mean, I, uh, yeah, travel. I haven't actually been traveling very much this year. This is kind of yeah. been my down year, but the last couple of years were kind of nuts yeah. um, to the point where it was like too much and I had to, you know, kind of balance it out. Uh, all the, all the, you know, for me, it was, I had a mobile lifestyle and it was uh, sometimes cheaper to travel than it is to stay in one place, especially in, wow. I was in California for a while. California mm -hmm. gets it real expensive real quick. Uh, I wouldn't say it was cheaper. I was probably spending probably about the same amount of money I was traveling as I was staying in one place, but I got rid of my apartment. So, mm -hmm. uh, so that was kind of helpful. I won't, I don't think I'd do that again. I want to keep an apartment anytime I travel now because it just, I get so much more done and I've, uh, a lot, oh yeah, travel was a lot of fun, but uh, I wasn't nearly as productive as I'd like to have been. And mm -hmm. so it's been really good from a productivity standpoint and from a, a business growth standpoint to just yep. have my own place. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, when I did 777, uh, that was sort of sponsored, if you will, by Impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, a lot of people thought like, oh, okay, the donations are going to fund the travel. I was like, no, those are like, I funded my own you know, I paid my own way for all that. All the, mm. all the money we raised went directly to Pencils of Promise. I didn't yeah. touch a dime of it. Um, and so that's kind man. of how we, we did that. And mm. um, I really like that model. Like it's, it was something that I wanted to do for me and I wanted to have a bigger mission and I didn't, 
think that it made sense for people to donate to me to do something that I wanted to do. It's kind of the ongoing message that you want to go do something with your life, go, go, go do it. Yeah. And you can tell people about it, but don't expect other people to just kind of show up and hand you something. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and speaking of charity, um, I think you built a school in uh, Guatemala. Is that correct? We've built, we've built eight so far. Eight schools. How did you accomplish that? How did you do it? So that was, that was 777. So the yeah. first one we did, I ran an ultra marathon and we raised $26,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second one was 777, yeah. which is uh, seven ultra marathons, seven continents, and, and building seven schools. And uh, that was a big ultra marathon project. Took me way too long to finish it, <laughs> but uh, it was pretty impactful from what we did. We had seven schools that were built. And we were able to, you know, impact a lot of kids. So, mm. um, uh, I mean, that's like a whole, whole nother story for, yeah, you yeah. know, maybe another podcast, but, yeah. uh, yeah, that was, that was a big, you know, it was only seven people I think have done that. Mm. Uh, I was the youngest. I was, I finished it before I was 30. Um, mm. so it was kind of a it's big incredible. milestone for me and I had a whole bunch of issues along the way and somehow managed to finish uh, okay. despite of them what well, was it easy How, what was the details behind it like, is in terms yeah, of was, what's was the process it was not easy setting up the i mean actually raising the cash or, or like um or actually i mean all of it the like school. the yeah. the idea of like you know it was the first thing that i, I put on my list in a long time that was like i don't know if i can actually do this yeah. and uh the races i was really worried about the races turns out the logistics of flying and getting to all these places is actually really tough uh, turns out fundraising and asking people for money all the time is actually even tougher. And mm. then, um, and then like, you know, I got, I got an injury halfway through, uh, the first race. Yeah. And then yeah. I had some legal stuff pop up. It was all these things. Um, and it was just uh, a couple different gut checks where it's like, okay, are you going to do this or not? And, uh, I don't like to, uh, uh, not finish things that I say I'm going to do. So, uh, at one point I decided to, uh, you Just, know, like yeah. man up for, for lack of a better word and, and get it done. So, uh, did the uh, impossible yeah. man. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the, that's the thing. It's like, you can't really quit when your old brand is called. <laughs> yeah, that's right. like, You're oh, the impossible. It was just too hard. Like, no, that's like, it's a good way I've cornered myself into like finishing stuff. It's like, you can't just, you can't just give up that easy. Yeah, that's true. Okay. So, uh, speaking of impossible. So I was, um, yeah, I remember watching your, your Ted talk um about the 30-day cold shower challenge and that just that was amazing that talk man um how did you like let, let's before you get into the 30-day cold shower challenge how did you get into that ted talk by the way was it just you know relentlessly sending out these emails and trying to contact these people is that right or what, no, what they uh they they reached out to me really and then i was Free like blog? i don't i don't i don't know if i want to do this and then i was like <laughs> well you can't not do it so um yeah. that was just uh i mean it, it's not a ted talk it's a tedx talk so i wanted mm. i I think it's kind of annoying when some people say, Oh, I did a TED talk and they did a TEDx talk. Like I did a TEDx talk. It wasn't a TED talk. It's still pretty but good. <laughs> it, has, it has gotten a lot of traction for a TEDx talk. And considering it's maybe the worst videoed um, <laughs> TEDx talk in the history of all TEDx talks. So it's, it's literally pretty terrible. awesome, man. I was like, wow, this, this guy's incredible. I was sharing it on my social media. So check this well, guy out. Hey, I'm, I'm, well, that's the, to me, that's like a good, that, that says the talk and the content is good. If mm. despite, like it's the the video is literally like it was just, just one like, angle, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like an aerial cam of <laughs> me on a stage, and um, it's uh, I w- we're gonna do we're gonna do a couple updates. Uh, uh, we're gonna be launching a bunch of stuff with Impossible 
uh, TV coming up uh, with a bunch more just video media content. And mm -hmm. we're going to do a version of uh, that talk, uh, but it's going to be shot much better and much cleaner. And, and uh, I'm glad you like the, the talk. And apparently a lot of people have, because a Everyone lot of people loves have seen it. it. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, read the YouTube comments and not everybody. Oh, he cares it, about but... YouTube comments. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's good entertainment. It's solid entertainment as long as you have thick skin. So I'm fine yeah. with that. Um, but yeah, despite the, the terrible video and all this other stuff, uh, uh, I think it's impacted a lot of people. It's a really good framework for, you know, talk about ultra marathons, doing stuff that actually gets you out of the comfort zone, jumping off bridges, skydiving, mm. all the stuff. And a lot, there's a lot of reasons why people can't do all those things. You know, there's, there's weight limitations. Sometimes you physically have to train for an ultra marathon. Mm. Um, but there's no reason anyone can't take a cold shower. And so the nice part about this is that it's so reductive that mm. all you have to like, nobody has any excuse unless they just don't want to, or they think they're too. The, the way I've said this in the past is either they're actually scared of taking a cold shower or they're too arrogant and they don't think they're going to learn anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I've probably got a more hate mail about cold showers than any other topic I've done. Really? You get um, hate mails about that? Me it, wow. Yeah. Like people tell me it's so stupid or that I'm like, uh, I think I'm so manly <laughs> for taking a, I, I'm so manly for taking a cold shower. And I'm like, it's not it at all. It's like, it's literally like the smallest thing you can do. Like it's yeah. a small type thing. And some people are like, well, you don't understand how hard my life is. I don't need to have another Dude, difficult thing. And I'm like, <laughs> the brand is called impossible. I think you might be in the wrong place. It's okay. Yeah. So, uh, people get offended so over everything, it's, man. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a good way to self-select out of like, yeah. who's, who's not for the brand. Right. So like, uh, that doesn't bother me too much. Yeah, it's amazing, man. Uh, yeah. Um, well, there's there's a part of the world that loves what you do, man. Like you're inspiring so many people. You're like the the modern day Spartan Spartan warrior. Yeah. It, like I think I saw a photo of you sitting in a bathtub with all this ice. And uh, <laughs> how'd you accomplish that? What was going through your mind? With the, I mean, with the ice? Yeah. I think uh, it was on your website. You were just sitting there with. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, so so there's there's a couple different ice ones, but like yeah. I've got a buddy here in town at a Ocean Lab in Austin that has a um like a sauna ice bath and we just yeah. do that uh regularly there's how a, long was that like 10 minutes 20 minutes or something yeah like yeah. i mean it depends sometimes if you get a bunch of people in there then it's a competition to see who's gonna get out first but yeah. uh uh the one on the site i think is from estonia i it was in estonia after uh, a race in finland yeah. and uh, and you got a uh they do a thing called right? they what's up you got a uh ee e citizen yeah yeah, yeah 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 that's cool um and so, yeah, so we popped over there because I knew some of the people in Estonia randomly. Yeah. And um, they did a thing called winter swimming where they cut a hole in a pond and you just like hang out there and you jump between that and a, um, a sauna or a hot tub. And so I did that a bunch and it's like, yeah, it's, it's really fun. So um, I was the only one that did it, but it was really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Oh, what time is it? Oh, okay. We've got, I know we've only booked before, but I've only got you about 30 minutes. So, okay, I'll start wrapping this up. Um, okay, cool. Uh, if you were to um, go into a time machine, right, and uh, press a button and you'll go back, you know, 10 years, 10 years, 20 years or something and talk to your younger self, what would you say to your younger self? Um, I think, I think, I think the biggest thing is just start, start, just try stuff. Like, what do you want to do? You don't know? Cool. Uh, I think the biggest, the stupidest thing was throughout high school, middle school, whatever, everybody always asks you, well, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everybody always had an answer. I remember this one girl used to have like, I'm going to be a horse trainer. And she knew we did. And a veterinarian, she knew from like second grade, she was going to do it. 
And I always felt like, I don't know. And I had like a lawn mowing business kind of growing up and kind of always did my own thing. And um, I would have just wanted to experiment more and um, probably wouldn't have done college again. uh, Mm -hmm. Knowing what I know now, I would probably just take me four years to experiment and test stuff. Uh, But yeah, I mean, just start, just play with stuff. Like uh, everybody always asks, like you, you do these different things uh and they'll have to be permanent like when i talk about blogging like i didn't know what i was doing when i first got into wordpress i think i was a wordpress uh, tools are a lot e- what's up i didn't think wordpress was around that time right about 2000 no, wordpress was i mean it definitely was around it's oh, been okay. around for a while yeah. um but it wasn't nearly as easy as it is now and mm. i had like manually install it and i think i overwrote my database probably <laughs> a dozen times like love that getting started and i just didn't know anything and yeah. it was fine like it was just i was teaching myself you know trial by fire mm. and i think you just learn so much more by making than you do by thinking about or even talking about ideas like just go make the thing and and see how it comes out mm. so just execute right if you've got an idea just go for it don't be afraid to to go after what you want and just execute right that's yeah, I mean, advice, like yeah. a lot of times it's 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 amazing how many people like the people overestimate accuracy and underestimate how much like like sheer willpower mm. can do. Like at this point, I think I actually probably need to focus a little more on like accuracy and like precision. But when people get started, like there's so much you can do just by brute force or be like, I'm gonna be this guy and I'm gonna do this. Mm. Like that most people most people do not even understand what they could do if they just say i'm going to do this because most people are kind of just droning they're on they're on their own they're doing their own thing turn their brain off like they can't wait till friday and um they don't have anything they're building after it so it's like if you want to compete with those people they're really easy to compete with uh, (laughs) because it doesn't take that much so um Mm. i think people underestimate how much it is to be like like how much you can do if you're just driven Mm-mm. that's awesome okay so how um how can people get in contact with you and find out more about what you're doing uh you can check out impossiblehq.com yep. uh that's where pretty much everything is uh you can also follow me on instagram and twitter at joel runyon and then impossible hq on instagram twitter and facebook so um also check out youtube uh you can do like a just type in like impossible tv and uh, we're going to be launching a bunch of stuff on YouTube here coming up in the next few weeks. So um, I'm really excited about what we're going to be doing there. We're going to have a bunch, whole bunch of new stuff with uh, Impossible to really, um, really take Impossible uh, from just like this, you know, from an online blog and community to, mm. to something much, much bigger. So I'm excited about what's coming up. So keep your eyes locked on that. And uh, it'll be live in a few weeks here. Awesome. No worries. Okay. Um, well, Thank you very much for your time, Joel. I appreciate it. Um, thanks for sharing your wisdom. And, uh, you know, we love what you're doing. Uh, we need like more people like you who's inspiring the world to push the limits, uh, improve their mental toughness as well. And, you know, um, it's not every day that I get to interview someone who's that mentally tough and, and, and pushing themselves. So uh, we appreciate your time today. And, um, yeah, all the best to, for your future endeavors and hope you, you know, achieve all your goals and achieve the uh, impossible dream as well. So. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks. No worries, man. All right. Take care.